Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Jazz, why do you have this American dude doing your introduction? That's often a question I get. Uh, and the answer to why I have this American dude doing it is, is, is brilliant. Doesn't he sound really professional, really good? I, I really like it myself. I'm going to be blowing my own trumpet, if you like, uh, for choosing this, this guy. Uh, where did I find this American guy to do my podcast intro? So there's an amazing website called Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R. That's two R's at the end. And the concept of this website, when it initially began is for five US dollars, about five pounds, you can get lots of different services. I've had logos made, uh, I've had my introduction made for this podcast, you name it, there's lots of artistic stuff out there, so check out fiverr.com, and it's not even been a minute into this podcast, and I've given you your Producive Dental Pearl number one there already. So it's been a busy few weeks for me. I was in uh, Dubai earlier this month on a course. The course was um, by a chap called Lukasz Lashman, Polish dentist uh, who who basically teaches about full mouth rehabilitation concepts. He basically preaches the the, the John Coyce, the Coyce school of thought. Um, and I thought it'd be good to go to Dubai to get some sunshine, my wife as well, uh, while attending this course. And that was really cool. I'm also doing uh, the Dawson Academy from next month. Modules one and two, uh, module two will be in May. So I'll be I'll be sure to share my experiences with that. Last week I was I was at Mahal Patel's Prep Evo course, uh, and that was amazing. We do a prep, let's say, for a full gold crown, upright six, uh, and then it gets scanned in um, by, like, you know, one of those prime scan, um, dent splice, serona scanners, um, and instantly it tells you how close your preparation is to the gold standard preparation, which uh, they, they, they call the God particle. Uh, and it was amazing to, to, to see instantly how good or otherwise your prep was and then he teaches his protocol Mahal Patel he teaches his protocol how to get better preps if you like uh, and then we prep it again and then we get scanned again and instantly we, we see if we've gotten better or some people actually get worse because you know it's a new technique you're learning uh, the average uh, sort of score that a dentist gets of 600 sort of preps that have been done possibly more is uh, 18% Mahal told me so 18% of the preparation is to within 0.1 millimeters of the God particle so uh, I was quite chuffed got 24% first time round, 40% the second time round, uh, and I really benefited uh, I, th I think my preps come Monday morning will always be better now from going on that course so if you're looking for a prep course uh, with someone who's a great educator I'd really recommend Mahal Patel's Prep Evo course do check that out Today, of course, we have Neil Jesswell. We're talking about magnification. We're talking about microscopes, loops, uh, all sorts. What I'll do is I'll just tell you which part of the podcast today uh, sort of covers which topic. So the first 15 minutes or so is about the importance of mag magnification and illumination. Uh, and if you're looking to buy your first pair of loops uh, as a student, perhaps, uh, and the transition from loops to microscope. The second third is about why buy a microscope. Is it affordable? Is it a return on investment? And something I share with you, which I think was quite funny, actually, is a diva mode. Uh, I created this. Find out what diva mode is. Okay, that'll be in the second third of it. Uh, and the final third, it will be basically um, more specific microscope-based advice about the what sort of lens quality are, looking, are you looking for? The advice on what to look for 
in a scope? Should it have a fixed or reclinable head, for example? Uh, secondhand scopes, because they are very affordable compared to, let's say, a brand new scope. Uh, and how to get around the difficulties in photography during when you're using a microscope. And it's actually the whole pot, the whole interview with Neil is littered with a really good communication gems. Uh, and Neil is a, a true gent, as you'll hear. The second producer of dental pearl I want to give you today is uh, when you're doing your composites, let's say you're doing a posterior composite, uh, I'm hoping everyone's checking the occlusion, so I check it with, let's say, red AccuFilm paper, it's about 21 microns, and I get them to bite together. I take an intraoral camera photo of that, and I try and replicate the marks later. But when you're actually isolating, you've got your rubber dam on, and you're trying to uh, make the restoration, anatomically correct with good form uh, and with that will follow function and often when you remove your abdam and you check inclusion a lot of time your beautiful anatomy is being you know completely wiped away so um, the tip I have for you to to reduce the amount of adjustment that you'll need to do is let's say you're replacing a leaking carious amalgam you remove half the amalgam okay and you put your Williams probe inside and you measure the height of that um, amalgam and you know how much composite you need to, to fill there in, in the sort of midsection and then of course you can add your cuspal inclines in. So the tip is to measure with a Williams probe once you've removed half the restoration uh, and that will give you a guide as to how much to build up your composite resin. So I hope you've enjoyed that and please enjoy this podcast um, and I'll, I'll see you after the interview just to summarize everything. Okay, Neil, Neil Jesswell, thank you so much for joining me today on the Protusive Dental Podcast. Really, really happy to have you on. Uh, please, can you let the folks listening today, um, you know, tell us about yourself? Uh, hi there, Jess, and yeah, thanks again for inviting me. I've sort of been qualified 20-odd years, a uh, normal wet-fingered practitioner, and uh, I have my own private uh, practice in Hertfordshire. It's a beautiful practice. I, I went, went to it a few weeks ago. It was it was gorgeous. Uh, and we'll talk about your microscope shortly because that's what today's about. But yeah, that lovely practice. If anyone ever is in that part of town, you know, it really is a standout practice. Well, you're, you're all, guys are all, people do come along and we do have little chats and try and help uh, dentists, especially younger dons. Um, so uh, yeah, definitely welcome. So yeah, have a lovely private practice with a fantastic team. And uh, really kind of what set me on that journey was going to uh, Spear in Arizona, having gone there quite a few times, uh, and plus my mentors in this country. And then really from there, just having this drive to want to do better and better work and seeing all this stuff on Facebook, thinking how on earth are they doing it? And um, through various journeys, which I'm sure we'll talk about, Mm-hmm. We ended up really becoming, a, a, you know, my practice for me being a microscope-centered practice. In fact, I don't use loops, as uh, we were just talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, BAMDA's being, which is the British Academy of Microscope Dentistry, has been going for a few years. And alongside that, I've been helping Drew with the uh, uh, study clubs in England for dentinal tubules. And uh, quite involved in uh, a little car group that I run on Facebook. Turbine also- Dental Group? <laughs> The turbine, yeah. Which, yeah people uh, need to know about this. You know, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes. And you know, if you're into cars and you're, you know, you're, you're a dentist, and turbine, what an awesome name! And it's a great group for people to connect about cars. So, so Neil has lots of fingers and lots of pies, but he, you know, he's very passionate about all these things, and he's he's amazing at, at all of them. Well, definitely. I mean, one thing I really like to do is bring people together, whether it's through education, through study clubs, and with turbine. Although it sounds gauche that we're talking about cars, but actually we do lots of events in current climates. I think dentistry, we 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 need to get together and build together, and that led me on really to uh, starting an indemnity company with my uh, business partner Gary, and uh, we are now uh, running professional dental indemnity, which is going from strength to strength. 
But by the way, I mean, I, I, this, this, this show is not sponsored by anything or anyone. You know, um, if you want to sponsor me, you know, get in contact. <laughs> but uh, this show is not sponsored. And but I, I am a PDI member myself. Uh, and um, I'm just going to give a, a shameless plug. When you're filling in the actual form, it really does stand out how it's different to conventional indemnities. It's insurance based, and you actually um, actually get to write down exactly how many sessions, what percentage uh, of which treatments that you do, and they give you a really bespoke quote, and it's, it's much lower than some you know the the dental protections, the DDUs of the world. And I, I really do think what Neil is trying to build up here is something quite extraordinary. So the more momentum we build with, uh, or he builds with PDI, the the, the more prospect and, and the future of, of of our profession really improves in this country. Well, thank you, Jess. It's really good to hear. But that's it. You know, we are trying to change the landscape. It's it's a battle um, and we can do it together uh, as a collective. And it's just a matter of growing now, really. And I think, uh, as we said, it's going from strength to strength and uh, really pleased that you've had a good experience and hope everyone who are members spreads the word. Uh, but yeah, so really, it's all about doing great dentistry, having great communication and having great people around you. And that's how you grow. And, and and then your journey, obviously, let's let's talk about your journey into magnification. Did you start the, because one of the messages I get quite, you know, and I'm, I'm always happy to help younger dentists out is uh, even just yesterday, someone on Instagram was like, I'm looking to buy loops, should I get 3.5 or five times or whatever? Uh, and I think when I was in dental school, when I was a student, I was actually at one stage, uh, I think it was... Um, the, the, the student uh, I'm trying to think UK loops yeah I was sort of like a, the Sheffield University rep for them so I, I got so I gained some you know good knowledge about the different types of loops and stuff and got into it um, so that, that's the most common question people in dental school are just out looking to buy their first pair uh, how did you get into it and then what would you advise based on your past experiences and then we'll come on to the, the whole scope and where that comes in as well well definitely as you know Jazz that um, you can only treat what you can see and if we're now, as in dentistry, we're, you know, it's the really nice thing about Facebook is we are showing our work and it is setting standards. And we want those, you know, really beautiful margins. And, you know, we want our dentistry to look natural. So although people, um, especially when you're younger, you think you've got pretty good eyes, but you really can't beat magnification. And hand in hand with that goes illumination. And now as you get a bit older, um, you really need magnification. You also really need more illumination. And also what you'll find is, you know, when you're young and elastic, uh, you can bend into all sorts of shapes and, you know, people have terrible postures mm -hmm. and they get away with it when they're young. But you've really got to start looking after your backs. And I know it sounds such a trivial thing, but people are leaving dentistry because they're neck and back. Oh, absolutely. I think we all know someone or, or, or numerous people who, who, who or at least cut down to part time to save their back. But it's funny because we see these, uh, you know how every time there's a course nowadays and there's uh, photos, of, you know, people trying to promote their course, got photos of, you know, phantom head working and stuff. You all, if you just observe all these photos and you just observe their posture. And this is them being, you know, the, the Hawthorne effect, you know, you change your behavior when you're being watched. So this is being them being watched by their, uh, you know, tutors and professors or whomever who's teaching, yet they're still adopting that posture. So you can only think what's going on, you know, in, in, in the real wet-fingered uh, density world. On the battlefield, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it is really ridiculous. You know, we really go the extra mile for our patients. And, you know, you get the patients can't lie back and, you know, um, we'll twist ourselves into all sorts of shapes and... I've damaged my health doing things like that. And as you get older, you become a little bit more, you know, confident in saying, well, no, I can't do that because, you know, uh, I don't want myself and my nurse to suffer. So you work around it, your ergonomics improves, your layout of the surgery improves. But generally, 
I think actually, although the work is probably the most important thing, I'd argue health is probably even more important. Yep. And, you know, if you're suffering with chronic pain, neck and back, and you can't work and you're having to retire, then a scope or loops or ergonomics, although it sounds like, well, something I don't need to think about, it, this could make or break your career and your health. This could add years on. I mean, my principal, uh, Amit Mahindra, he, he, he raised a really good point to me once. He said to me, how much money do we spend on equipment per year? You know, obviously I'm an associate, but you know, just generally speaking, we spend a lot of money on equipment, okay? You are the most valuable asset that exists in the practice. You, your hands, you know, your body. You need to really invest in, in yourself, in your health. And, and I think the ergonomics of it is, is such a huge part of that. Um, when, when I initially ventured into loops, the, the promise was that, you know, this is going to really help my back and, and adopt good posture, which it did. But, I mean, I think one thing that I'd like you to touch on, because, you know, your level of expertise on this will be beyond mine, is that, you know, after years of wearing loops now, that, that angle of declination of your neck, once you try a scope and you then notice a difference, that for me was the was the game changer. Well, you, you've you've definitely seen it yourself, you know. And as you said, once you're aware of it, and it's it's funny even in the practice, you know, I take pictures of people's posture and I'm always pushing them a little bit here and there, and then you just get them to sit behind a scope. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this Protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. And it's almost have gone from economy to business class, you know, <laughs> in economy, you're all hunched up and bent over and twisted and no space. And suddenly, you know, you've elongated yourself, you, you get a little bit of a distance from the patient, you're not breathing all over them. Uh, I mean, just the health benefits of that but also i know it's probably a weird thing to say jazz but i think mind and body follow each other a little bit and if you spend you know eight hours a day bent over in a very negative position you become a negative introvert person oh i'm a huge fan of that belief you know i've read a few books whereby uh, there's something called oh, i forgot what it's called i said the power move like when you're about to go into an interview you if you lift your body your chest up and you actually adopt a, a really positive superhero posture that does wonders to your sort of confidence and your anxieties and your mindset. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of how the mind and body are connected. I know. And so with the scope, at least you've got a chance to be upright, to have proper, not shallow breathing, to have circulation. So the air circulating, the blood circulating, getting blood flow to your brain and going home and, and smiling still and not shouting at your kids or whatever. Well, you know, this is, I mean, this is the good sort of, this is still a concept. You know, the, the, we don't have any evidence to, to support this, but it's, 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 it's taking the findings of, you know, the relationship between uh, body posture and uh, body language and, and everything else. So it's sort of um, taking that across from one side to the other, I suppose. But, you know, the, it, it makes sense. So um, when, when you're now making suggestions let's say uh, i know i know we you know because this is completely un, you know unrehearsed we're, we're going to all these different tangents but i just want to draw it back to you know someone who's young getting their first loops what do you suggest 
Well, I would just, you know, anyone young, especially if you're an associate, you're not going to invest in a microscope at this stage of your career. You know, yeah. because microscope's a big, heavy, expensive, fixed object. But we're gonna—I uh, want to touch on that as well, Neil, because I've been mm. in touch with a few reps now, and some of these figures that are coming back to me, I, I really didn't know that they are actually that affordable. I always thought it was forty, fifty k plus, but it's like a tenth of that when you buy a secondhand. Sure, it might be a Chinese remake, but you know, it—they it, it, can do you good service for a number of years. So we're gonna touch on that as well with the finances, the economics of loops versus uh, scope, because it's—it's not as skewed as I once thought it was. But yeah, back back on the point, young associate, you're gonna be getting most likely loops. Okay, you know, yes. let's be let's be real, we're gonna get yes. loops. So what yeah, do you suggest? Well, you're in, you're in different practices. You're moving, moving around. You're still learning a craft. Uh, you're still learning which speciality you may go into, which that might change things. Uh, but yeah, get into loops really early on. And you know there are lots of good loop manufacturers and uh, lots of very you know great expertise. And tend to be the loop manufacturers also tend to have a, a hand in microscopes as well. So again, with dentistry and with and with the whole thing it's all about relationships whether it's with the manufacturers the suppliers your reps uh, the patients start building up long-term relationships with people and uh, you'll be surprised how much help you get from people so yes i think you should you know whether you're a therapist hygienist um i've even seen dental nurses with loops so wow really, I, i've never yeah. seen that before that's pretty cool i saw it in the states you know and again because oh, of course the dentist wanted them to see what he's seeing and you know and they're doing, you know, 0.1 millimeter kind of stuff. She yeah. needs to kind of help with retraction. Contact lens veneers. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I definitely think you've you got to have loops. And then people say, which ones do I go for? And there's going to be an element, you know, we're all a bit different. So some maybe go on price, some maybe go on quality, some may go on experience of other practitioners around them. I think really, first thing you have to do when you get loops is make sure you're sitting properly. Because uh, I had it uh, with a friend of mine, and um, she thought these loops just oh, she could see properly, and oh, they would they needed she needed more magnification, or they needed the focal length to be different. But she was just used to that hunching over, so mm. she got into a hunching over position that she normally sits in, puts the loops on, and thinks, mm, I don't like these. So the first thing really is get your posture sorted. Figure out how you should sit. Figure out what chair you should sit on get someone to check um, and you know when I was younger we had really brilliant courses by Ellis Paul and Martin Amsel and these guys and we went along for a day I think even in VT we had some training about how to do forehanded how to do posture ergonomics yeah he's a big Martin Amsel he's, he's, he's quite um, well renowned in that field I mean I, I can't I don't see any more advertised courses anymore by him I, I think that'd be great but um, yeah he's he's certainly well known for that well he, yeah I don't think he's doing anymore he's got a couple of videos on tubules which are a good start okay and actually, um, the guru now for me is a lovely lady called Jacqueline Boss, uh, who's Dutch physiotherapist who's worked with tons of dentists. Wow. And uh, we did a global kind of Skype sort of thing in with lots of you know dentists from Mexico and Russia and myself. And after hearing her for about an hour or two, I just thought, you know, I need to I need to get her over. So we nearly brought her over. We nearly did course. Uh, just we had some uh, slight issue with ADEC closing one of their offices, which were kindly using uh, when they were relocating. So it never quite worked out, but we're still, you know, it's gonna but happen. Watch this space, you never know. If it, if it comes out, uh, I'll, I'll put like a reminder onto the page or something. So we'll watch out for that. 
Well, I was talking to Daniel Trust yesterday, and I, th- I think we're going to do something. So going back to, I know I keep getting off tangent, excuse me, it's first thing. But this is the beauty of it, you know, <laughs> this is the beauty of uh, how, where our thoughts and conversations lead us. But yeah, you're saying, uh, fix your posture. Get your posture right. And then literally, you know, you've just got to try three or four of the, you know, of the loop manufacturers and really look for what's come to, you know, everyone's got different size heads, everyone's got different heights of torso. So kind of what works for you, what do you feel, um, uh, you know, is going to work in your hands, what's convenient to you, what's in your price point. And definitely as a student, you get a much better deal. So really, the, the sooner you get them, the better. What stage of your career did you buy your first loops and which ones were they? Just off top of your head. Mine was Surgetel. Yeah. And was it v, it wasn't VT. Was it the year after? It was probably uh, the second year after VT. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Surgetel, very respected, very respected brand, obviously. I mean, m- mine was a bit different. I was a student, so I didn't have Surgetel money. Um, mm. I had more like uh, the the Chinese remake money. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, so my, my, my recommendation is, okay, if you're a student and you're a normal student, i.e., you know, the bank of mum and dad, you know, won't be there to, to buy £5,000 worth of loops for you. Um, I would, I think to get a £600 range of, let's say, TTL, that's through the lens loops, okay, and use them throughout, you know, two to three years of your uh, clinical sort of period of your of dental school to get used to loops. And then when you, you know, literally first, second paycheck, just do it. Go invest in a, in a decent pair of loops. I personally use uh, five times by uh, Zenesis, Korean company. I think Bryant are the suppliers for those, Bryant Dental. But there's loads out there. The only reason I bought that one is because the, 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 the sort of the headgear that comes to it is the only one that fits on my turban. So that's, <laughs> uh, that was a big, <laughs> big, big game changer for me. So that's, that's what worked for me, buying a cheap set first. Exactly. But not overly cheap because I did actually dabble in the £60 eBay one and it, they just break apart. So something around yeah. the six hundred pound range, uh, I think uh, Opti Loop is is, is, a, is a good brand uh, to go for. Uh, and this has just worked for me. And then eventually you do want to get a, a premium one out there. But now I'm in the trans- transition now where two of the practices I work in have got a scope. I'm using that more and more. Uh, and I'm actually thinking about the third clinic. You know, as an associate, I'm thinking of getting a microscope in that's how much I'm loving now using microscope so I think it's a transition and I think this is the sort of I think the evolution of magnification exactly you know you sort of you know you, you know it's like when you uh, get a bicycle you know you start off with training wheels and a tricycle and then you get used to that and then you realize and it's human nature we always want to see more have better stuff uh, you know improve our dentistry magnification is, is like a drug you just want more and more honestly like five times now is just not enough for me I, I feel like I, I can't see anything but even five times now you know uh, I don't know how I even used to use three times loops I mean I'm a, when I switch back three times now it's like I can't see I, I would refuse to work uh, without loops now that, that that's point blank well yeah I mean I, I mean how many associate friends do we have who carry their loops around or you know all the different practices and you know I remember one lady saying oh she forgot them and she had to drive an hour and just to go back and get them again but that's a, and, and and by the way whenever we say loops we do mean loops and light you know n- not loops in isolation yeah. i think that's a, a yeah. given here whenever me and neil are saying loops we actually mean the whole set yeah. loops and light because light is more important than a loop i mean absolutely Jason. you know if um you know the two go hand in hand really because you know unfortunately we have to work on upper sevens it's really dark in the mouth you end up even with loops not being able to see so then you strain more to try and get closer um, you know, you get it in the nurse's way. So again, illumination is 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 a must, and having a good overhead light as well. You know, I've got a nice ADEG LED thing. 
you know, just put everything you can, get it illuminated. See, I, I've um, stopped using my headlight now because I'm so content with my yeah. um, loops light. But, you know, that, that, that that's yeah. a good recommendation. It, you might find that uh, that combination works for you. Uh, so experiment, you know, figure out what works best in your surgery, with your conditions, with your light, with your loops, uh, and just get as much light in there as possible. Remember your nurse, you've not got the illumination. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that's very selfish of me. <laughs> Oops. Well. When I'm turning my head away, she can't see anything. Okay, fair enough. Good point. Point, point raised and I think you win there um, <laughs> the next thing I want to just uh, touch on is uh, the statement okay that uh, microscope is not a return on investment you won't make that money back it's not going to make you more profitable discuss it depends how you feel you could say that about a scanner you could say about a CT scanner you could say about getting a nice ADEC chair versus you know a salon chair you know so everything we do we've, you've got to kind of look at the overall picture now, for me, uh, in private practice, I want to do the best job I can. I want to look after patients. And I also want them to appreciate what we do for them as well. So you, looking at the whole process of the patient comes in, you have a nice waiting room, you have friendly staff, you smile, you run on time. That's all part of the process. But when they come into the surgery, and you may have a scanner, you may have a lovely surgery, you may have a comfortable chair, uh, you may have digital x-rays, and they go, oh, wow, 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 wow. Or they may have come from a really high-end practice already, and they go, well, this is normal for me. And then you pull out the scope, and you say, um, I'm just, you may not have seen this before. It's a microscope. It allows me to see, you know, I normally work between times 6 and times 12 magnification. Here's the picture on the screen, and it just makes sure that we spot things early. And I've, I've heard patients in the pub because, you know, Wellington's full of pubs. It's an old Roman village. <laughs> and uh, I overheard someone saying, oh, um, you can go to my dentist. He's, uh, you know, I'm, sh I'm sure his fillings are cheaper than what you're paying. And the patient went, but does he have a microscope? Wow, I thought, that is powerful. That's, that is, it's the little things. Yes, it's a lot of money. But actually, if you're going to be in a practice, you're going to look after a community of patients. You want to do your best for them. So firstly, do it for yourself. You know, do, do it for your back, skin, do it for your health. Do it for your back, do it for your, actually, I do. You might be able to work more years and make more money. Yeah, exactly. You know, the scope. It's just, I'm just speaking out loud. Well, there's so many things, you know, you're going to, you're going to be healthier. You're going to take more pride in your work. You're going to feel better about yourself because actually I've done some beautiful work in the past. You know, you, you can say, I can say that. And it's not because I'm any good. It's because I had elimination and magnification. And uh, patients will pick up. They'll pick up on all sorts of things. They might pick up on the hand soap on the toilet. They'll pick up on the scope. Well, Neil, you say that, that patients yeah. will pick up, but I, I think it's you as well, because I think um, there's a way to communicate these things. You might have really good stuff, but if you don't highlight yeah. it, it doesn't actually get ingrained in their mind. So what you taught me when I came to see you a few weeks ago at your uh, clinic was that the way you actually say, oh, this is a microscope. You know, sometimes people will just pull out the scope and the patient's got their eyes closed, mouth open, and you're using a scope and they might even realize that this big whopping machinery was being used. You know, if you say, this is a microscope, I can see between six and 20 times bigger. Um, you know, don't be intimidated by it. It's got bright light and you just introduce them to them. And then they'll, when they go to a different dentist in the future and they haven't got a microscope, that's when the value really yeah. generates. So you have to almost sing and shout about the beautiful uh, technology that you've invested in. So I think there's a communication point. Well, you know what? Well. People spend so much on their Instagram and Facebook and trying to market patients, but actually nothing beats word of mouth. And you create, as you know, we all know, raving fans. Uh, you know, we've known this since Paddy Lund, you know, 15 years ago. So create raving fans, create, you know, you look after your patient. But, you know, when you go to a car show, sorry to go back to cars, um, they, <laughs> they don't just say, oh, you know, 
here's a BMW, there you go, sir. They go, actually, here's a BMW, it's got night vision, it's got radar assist, it's got this and it's got this. And you feel better about it. Oh, I'm, I'm getting a car with all these features, I'm going to use them, it's going to help me drive, it's going to help me be safer. So in a practice, if I, you know, fundamentally dentistry is about confidence. That patients, you could be, and we know all these cases where the work's been rubbish, but they've loved the dentist, you know. So it's about trust, it's about relationship. Yeah. And if you're adding to that relationship with the value, so things to do are basically when you and your nurse are talking, uh, just make sure your nurse bigs you up a little bit, you know, not incorrectly, not dishonestly, but if you've done great work and the nurse thinks, oh, that's a really lovely prep, there's no harm but to say, oh, Neil, that's a really lovely prep or that. That's that's a really good one. The other one I do, uh, the, the other thing I do, and I think is uh, I'm educating my nurse constantly, okay? So um, when I tell her I'm using this wedge instead of that wedge, because I'll find the teeth will separate a little bit more without distorting the matrix. Man, the patient doesn't know what you're saying. And they're, they're like this jargon to them. But they know that I'm sort of thinking out loud. And I'm really going to the attention to detail. So at the same time, my nurse is picking up this knowledge. She gets to learn why I'm making certain decisions. And then this just keeps them uh, interested. Well, but, the, the, you know, the patients see that, wow, this guy's, you know, it's just a little filling. And this guy's taking so much care and attention. Well, they'll pick up on the vibe, on what you're saying, the tone, the professionalism. And also... When you want to tie a patient in to a practice, you don't just tie them into yourself because you might have a good day, a bad day, you know, it's a big drop. But if they love you, they love the nurse, they love the reception, they love the practice, you could have an off day, you know, you run a bit late, something could happen, but they've still got investment in all those other people. And the other thing I do is when we, you know, we've finished the filling, we've done through post-operative instructions and we're, we're escorting the, the guest back to the you know, reception. I just turn around and say, oh, thank you, Dawn. Thank you, Ramona. Thank, you know, I'll thank the nurse. And oh, yeah, that, I noticed that. You're very good at doing that. That's, that's very and good. And that gives them the audio cue for the patient. The patient then goes, oh, yeah, thank you as well. And it just reinforces, actually, you've had a service. You know, it's not you're here under duress and we've, you know, assaulted you. you we've done you a service, <laughs> you know. Um, Absolutely. The, the other communication tip I have since now I'm talking about this yeah. is um, I, I like to call this. I'm sure someone's maybe written about this, but if they haven't, I'm going to claim this one, okay? I'm going to okay. call it diva mode. Yeah. So going okay, diva you're mode. Me. You're worrying me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Going diva mode means, right, your nurse hands you, yeah. let's call it, she hands you a wedge, right? Yeah. You pick this wedge up and you don't like this wedge. It's like, I don't like this wedge. Mm. Okay, give me the best wedge you have. Give me, give me the other one. I want this to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that really adds value as well. The patient's like, wow, you know, this guy is so picky. He's so, he's so in, you know, enthralled in making this perfect for you. I call that diva mode. So if you haven't heard that one before, that's my invention, diva mode. Go diva mode now and again. I would change it a little bit because we... <laughs> Uh, with, the, with the greatest respect. It's tongue-in-cheek, uh, it's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. No, we had actually... Um, I'm sure my endodontist doesn't mind. You know, endodontists are a different breed of uh, dentists, as we know. You know, very special people, very precise. Uh, and, you know, a good one is very anal. Uh, so we had yeah. our endodontist just saying, oh, no, I don't want that one. I don't like that one. Find me but this. then follow up, say, because I won't yeah. get the quality that I want or something to that effect, yeah. you know? I, I think I'd probably say, you know, Dawn, that's a, that's a really great wedge. And that works really well most of the time, actually. But... Uh, for our lovely patient, you know, David, or whatever, uh, because he's got this unusual anatomy, we'll get a much better job if we have this wedge. Um, c- could we have that? Uh, 
So you don't denigrate what you've got. You just say, actually, that's a brilliant wedge. Oh, of course, Neil, you are so smooth. Oh, my God. I think the practice we have is great. <laughs> we don't have rubbish stuff. So we just say, actually, Dawn, that's... And you don't want to yeah, make a no, mess no, with no. that. You think, Dawn, actually, you know, you're absolutely right. That's a fantastic wedge that we use for most of the time. <laughs> and, as you know, we, we have such amazing products here. But actually, we have been, you know, the kind of practice we are, we have a choice. And actually, that wedge for you would be much better. So I wouldn't denigrate anything. So the take-home message, everyone, is don't go diva, go diva light. <laughs> diva light mode uh, will, 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 will be amazing. So, everything. I know what you're saying. You're trying to get across that point of excellence. The, you, 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 yeah, you're increasing the value of what you're doing and you, you're really uh, demonstrating mm. that you really care. And I know people, you know, out mm. there, uh, excellent dentists who really care and sometimes you need to show it to the patient. So Neil, before we digress too much, a couple more questions so to get back on, yeah. on track because there's lots of communication pearls yeah. there. Is, um, what features to look for in a scope? Because I was in the market for a scope uh, before I realized I'd probably have to delay it by year for finances. Mm. Uh, and um, I was offered one without a, uh, I think it was called, an inc- uh, it was a fixed head. It was a fixed head. Yeah. yeah, there was no inclinable head, uh, and, I, and I sort of asked you for your opinion. And for someone who's uh, like a restorative dentist like me, um, it's no good. You need to be able to uh, incline that head. So, um, can you tell us about which features are absolutely mandatory? And um, you know, if they don't have it, then it's not really worth investment. Can you can you give us any uh, can you enlighten us on that? Well, I think uh, generally, if someone's buying a scope for somebody else, like a principal is buying a scope for an endodontist. Um, they probably don't do the same due diligence as if they were using it for themselves. So I think it's only fair that when you look at a scope, you think, would I be able to use this? Now, endodontists generally don't need as many um, features, let's say, because they're basically, once they're in the canals, they're kind of going on muscle memory and, you know, skill. Uh, but for any restorative type dentist, and I do, you know, as I said, most all my work with uh, scope, even all my exams, my kids' exams, everything, so for me, I really want that flexibility that I can use it in all situations. So the um, scope itself has to obviously have a great lens, and there are differences in lens qualities. And if you can look through, the, you know, go to the show and look through three or four, or go to your friends' practices and look through a few, you'll see the lens quality. So that's a must. Uh, illumination is LED versus Xenon. Xenon's brighter, a bit more yellowy, and the bulbs are quite expensive. Uh, but if you want the really brighter light, maybe you're getting a little bit older, maybe you've got a lot of um, cameras and magnification and other things going on on the scope, Xenon is good. But wherever, really, in terms of cost, LED lights are really cheap. They're, they're bright illumination. They last a long time. So an LED light is good. Um, you want some ability to take pictures, you know, as you're building up your portfolio, as yep, you're showing patients. Yep, for sure. So whether it's a, a, a beam splitter that can take an SLR, whether it's got a built-in camera, some of the older cameras aren't so good. As you know, things change. The new, like, Zyasek Tara has got an amazing camera, but technology changes. Oh, don't get me started on the Zyasek Tara. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> literally, yeah. I, that's a dream. Well, if anyone it? hasn't seen or heard of the Zyasek Tara, that's yeah. E-X-T-A-R-O, Zeiss. Um, it's got this um, function, this light, the fluorescence mode which um, uh, it, it makes like, you know when you're like out in a, like a UV rave nightclub and all your composites go like fluoresce, they, they get a different color. You can actually see that in, in the chair and then you, all the flash of composite you can see, you can see calculus, plaque, that just blew me away. And also the, the, the light actually, the, the normal sort of white bright light doesn't cure composite. 
So these are just two of the features that I know about the Xterra after using it. It just blew me away. I know, it's fantastic. Uh, and that's definitely one for if you're, you know, you're starting a practice, you're going to be there 10, 15 years. Uh, you know, you, I, would, I would put the investment in. And uh, I think we're going to, one of my friends... That's about 70K, you know, that's that scope, like all in. I know what... Uh, no, 40 43. When you add in uh, VAT the, and then all the all the little specs and stuff, yeah, uh, yeah maybe about I don't know, okay, probably probably not as much seventy, but it's it's a hefty investment. But you, you know, I, I asked one of the reps, yeah. and you're looking roughly about monthly payments of about seven hundred pounds. Is is just a, just to give people a, a little taster. That's why I was sure. advised. Well, definitely that's the Rolls Royce. I mean, it, they used to have the Zeiss Pro Ergo, which is even more expensive, but and that was that was seventy grand. So actually they've come down in mm-hmm. price and it's become better as most things do but generally yeah you want the adjustability you want good light you want things like various scope you want uh, what's various the ability so basically you've got a few things i mean the, i don't want to talk too much about it because it's particular to zeiss and we've got to be fair to yeah, yeah. global and caps and things but generally different manufacturers have different terminology and what they're basically saying is how does the lens move how does uh, you know the positioning? Will it tilt? Will it turn? Um, what magnification depths can you go to? Is it a zoom? Is it a, you know a fixed lens? Can it click? So there's all sorts of different things. So I'm afraid can't give you the magic answer sure. just straight away. Uh, but you know anyone looking for a scope, they want to email me or um, you know give me a call. Or go on the BAMD Facebook page and, you know, post your question or, or message or just post a question because uh, someone else is probably thinking the same thing. And there's so many uh, great, amazing international dentists on that uh, BAMD Facebook page who'd be just happy that someone else is joining that little uh, niche yeah. club of microscope using dentists and they'll be happy to help you. So uh, post any questions. I mean, the, the, the take-home message is you do need a bit of expert advice when you're buying uh, a scope, which is such a big investment. Uh, and, you know, things like is the head inclinable, the lighting, the ability to take photos, these are all really uh, important considerations uh, to, to look into. If I can just interrupt, uh, Jazz, the other thing is, yeah, yeah, please, people, you know, like yourself, you were saying, oh, I found a scope and it's a second-hand one. Um, just be a little bit wary. If it's uh, one that's already wall-mounted, which is actually the best way, it, it costs you a couple of grand to get that off the wall, delivered to you without the lens being upset, and then remounted. And I've seen people who've gone, tried to save some money, um, bought a used scope, and they could have got a decent quality new scope for what they paid in, in terms of transportation. Um, easier if... The, yeah, those extra fees, they can mount oh, up. I mean, I mean, you'd be surprised. Uh, I'm not. So, I think with the, um, you know, the, the freestanding ones, obviously easier to move and position. Uh, and problem, and they tend to be for endodontists. You know, once a week they get dragged out. But problem with those is one, they've got bulky foot plate, and two, you're not going to use it. I mean, as you know yourself, if it's in the cupboard, you you think, oh, I won't get it out. If you've got it wall mounted and it's in front of you, you'll use it. So just be a little bit wary of. Um, use scopes or as you know if it's a starter scope then you think okay this is what i'm going to do then i'm going to sell it for three years and this is the plan but just be aware of hidden costs of transportation and the the manufacturers don't really want to help you move it because they take such a liability if the lens distorts you can say oh it's through travel and you know it's it's a precious item these things and yeah. See, I, n- I never would have thought of that. Yeah. And probably three or four grand's worth. Three or four grand extra to transport and, and mount and mm-hmm. deliver. So last last thing then is um, already when I'm taking photos, uh, which I take loads of photos with my uh, you know five times loops, they're really long, uh, to telescopic if you like. It's it's not as easy to take photos with my loops on. Sometimes I, I usually just try and keep my loops on while I'm taking photos. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's a bit of a hassle, but. 
with the scope, you know, um, unless you've got a really great system of the camera being integrated with the loop uh, with, into the scope, you have to. I have to move my scope out of the way and then you know take photos. So you we need to make these things easier. You know, fo- photo taking should be easier. You should have your camera ready anytime you want to mm. use. Right, anything that will slow you down or be a hindrance will reduce you. It will lead to you taking less photos. So any tips for? Um, Getting over that hurdle, basically, of how difficult it can be from transitioning away from the uh, from the microscope, getting a camera, it's just a hassle, basically. And we all know that microscope photography, although it can be good, it's really difficult to master. Yeah, I think, I mean, lots of people have difficulty with taking microscope pictures and images. And again, when you're setting one up, make sure you get spare cables built into the wall. Make sure you get it mounted to a big TV screen. So, you know, there's things that you've really got to get set up. Uh, and, it's, you know, it's all in the planning. But generally, a scope will give you a great still images. Um, but actually, I would sometimes, I've got a beautiful um, intraoral camera. Which one is it? It's, uh, I can't remember the name. It's about two or three grand. It's quite expensive. Um, Iris. And, okay. and you get beautiful images from that. So I will keep the scope there and just pick up the Iris. It takes me three seconds. Okay, that's a good way to so do it. So I'll sometimes just use the Iris. And the Iris is, is such an amazing camera. It's a bit of a sod. It's so expensive. And if it needs repairing, it's about to the States. So there's probably other ones around. But that wins the awards every time. And then when you see the images. And to me, again, you think, well, is that a return on investment? But the amount of times that intro camera where I've got a picture of the crack or I've got a picture of the tooth patient comes back six months later that, that tooth you did is hurting and you go well actually i did the one next to it and here's a picture and um, blah 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 or something flares up i mean we cannot we can just go on and on about photography that'd be a whole different i mean that's just so so important but that's why it's important to if you're thinking about loops and and, and scopes to also think about how you're going to factor the photography into it because i think those dentists who are even thinking or investing in loops and scopes you care about what you do Okay, uh, you you are proud of the you, you want to be proud of the work that you generate. Therefore, you probably are taking photos of your work. So they all go hand in hand, and you need to have a little plan of uh, how you're going to be able to see more, but also photograph more. Well, definitely use a scope, get a great intro camera, uh, and get your SLR and get your nurse trained on the SLR so that you're not having to take them. That's you it. Know. That's exactly what I'm going to lead to. Is that essentially if you're the one who's doing all mm. of it, and you have if you're having to you know move the scope away and then pick up the camera if you just move the scope away and the nurse is ready to take a photo and she knows what she's doing or he or she exactly um you know it's that is i think the way to go no i definitely think look you know nurses are very competent capable people they you know let's face it they don't do it for the money they do it for the love to help people to care to be part of a team uh, and you can nurture that and you can reward them and you you know you know when you've got a great nurse and it becomes a partnership. And we are talking about Martin earlier and if, uh, hand in hand with Martin is, is a nurse, longstanding nurse, um, a Sally. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're a team, you know, and, you know, when you do have a great dental nurse, you know, get them involved, as you're saying, talk to them, tell them what you're doing, nurture them. And, you know, again, it's, it's a chance for you as a dentist to make a huge difference in someone's lives. So look after your nurses, respect them and they'll respect you. And they will want you to succeed. It's amazing how, you know, they have that nurturing element to them. They want you to do well. So, you know, create that relationship, get them to doing their cameras, you know, get them doing the impressions, get taking the x-rays, thanking them in front of the patient. You know, these are all things amazing. that really, 
you might think, you know, they actually come back to you tenfold. So, you know. Neil, that's amazing. Yeah. So the take home messages, get your nurses, take the photos, it'll make it yeah. much life much easier. Whether you use loops or microscope, uh, you know, having that help. And you just gave us so much more than just, uh, you know, loops versus microscope today. You gave us amazing um, communication pearls. Uh, and I think everyone listening today would, would have really benefited. So thank you so much, Neil, for today's podcast, mate. I think we're probably going to have to do another one on scopes. Because, <laughs> because... <laughs> no, this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted like a little introduction i want people yeah. to not dismiss microscopes because i think it's so easy to be a few years qualified or been using some loops for you for a few years and then thinking automatically okay which loop should i now upgrade to but actually i want to put this out there that actually you can you know consider using a microscope more and more uh, and, and that will do wonders for your posture and uh, your dentistry so i'm, I'm just basically I, I'm, I'm very pro loops but actually no i'm pro magnification exactly. okay and i want people who are just set in their ways about loops to really get out of their comfort zone and consider a microscope yeah. that will just you know just be a massive game changer you know there's a bit of a learning curve there's a bit of cost same Massive. With loops of the learning I was curve, scared. But it, I was, I'm so scared of the microscope. I mean, I'm getting better now, basically. But that little thing in the corner, which I just used to hang things on, but now I'm actually using it more and more. And it definitely is scary. E- even when I bought my five times loops and there was an upgrade from three times, I just spent all this money. And for two weeks, I was scared to use it because it was just out of my comfort yeah. zone. And then when I started using it and, you know, after the hurdle about the first week getting used to it, now I'm like, you know, I'm constantly glued to it. It's the same thing with the scope. You need to book a little bit longer for your patient. Uh, to start doing some exams yeah. uh, like you know I'm just amazed to do pediatric yeah. exams with the microscope uh, that's that's mm. a great tip I think uh, and just go out and use a scope and I promise you you will love it and definitely you know think of it's it's part of your career you know it's part of your life it's part of your health part of your patient care and you know it straight away you become a different esch- I mean I felt when I went to Spear or whether you go to Panky Dawson Coyce immediately even just by turning up to a course I haven't done anything different I am now in a different echelon of dentists. Not that I'm any good, not that I'm any brighter than anybody, but I've spent the time and invested in that. And I've become better. And the same with scope. You are immediately in a different category of dentists. People who use scopes, we, think, we know who they are. I know who they are. There are some great friends of mine. They all use scopes. And they're straight away, they're elevated into that next echelon. So if you want to get ahead, you know, if you want to be one of the top dentists doing great work and proud of your work and helping patients, I honestly think you need to get a scope. Absolutely. And when I think of dentists that use scopes, okay, I mean, I, I do hold them in high regard because uh, if I'm referring a patient to, okay, there's a there's a guy in Hong Kong, a dentist, a really cool dentist in Hong Kong, right, who, who loves using a scope. He has a scope for his hygienist. Yeah. And wh- okay, so his hygienist is using a scope, right? And then he emailed me saying, "Listen, you, you know, you're part of the, with the operations manager, BAMD. Uh, if I'm ever looking to uh, refer any patients to to England, because I have some patients who often travel to England and then they might need a dentist, uh, is it okay if I refer it to you? Because obviously, the fact that you use a scope yeah. tells me that you're a good dentist. Do you see what I mean? Amazing, yeah. It's it's like that you, you it raises your the value of that clinician because mm. if they're using a scope, you know they really care about what they're well, doing. Well, you probably if you've got loops and someone hasn't got loops, you probably think." I'm probably doing better dentistry than I'm a better dentist. Not that I know more, anything, yes, but you correct. probably think actually they don't use loops. You, I'm not saying you look down on them, but you kind of think you're not using loops. And that's how I, you know, that's how we should feel about people not using microscopes. You're not using microscopes. And there's definitely a place for loops. I agree. Once you join that club, yeah. you do then start looking out for other dentists who use a microscope and then you sort of keep it within that little circle. And it's just, just, it is what it is. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, you know, look at Monda or Bob McClelland or Tony Druckmann or, you know, all these guys, you know, Hap, yourself, Hap you know, yeah. top guys, you do beautiful work, care about what they do, uh, very, you know, decent guys who are humble, 
they just want to do the best work and they want to look after them, themselves and their patients. So definitely, you know, look, it's a big learning curve, uh, but we're here to help. Uh, we're here to give you advice. We're here to help you with ergonomics. Uh, and again, as we've seen from today, we can help you with a whole practice environment, you know, and pass on our knowledge that we've learned through our own mistakes. Uh, and really, it's a holistic approach to dentistry. Thank you so much, Neil, for joining me today. My pleasure, Jess. You take care and have a great day. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Neil Jesswell. If you did enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to it. Please like the Protrusive Dental Podcast Facebook page uh, so I can keep tabs on uh, people who are interested in my content. Go on the website jazz.dental to download any show notes for my future shows. I've also got something for students coming up. Uh, It's called How to Ace Your Dental Exams. I've got Pratik Bayani coming on that, so that would be great to catch up with him as well. Uh, And I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you. 